Welcome everybody out there to Divorce Recovery Man Over 40. We have Justin Glazer on the mic and he wrote a book called Sweat Uncovering Your Body's Hidden Superpower. Um, I'm very intrigued because I've never talked about sweat before, ever. So <laughs> this is the first time for me, Justin. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about your book and a little bit of, about sweat. And I got a couple of questions for you. We'll go from there. Yeah, so the the topic of my book is really about uh, sweat's wildly underappreciated role in health, vitality, and disease prevention. And so my argument that pretty much everyone who's read the book kind of agrees with by the end that I lay out is um, sweating regularly is one of the most impactful things you could do for your health and life. Um, And then I lay out the argument for that within the book. And so in terms of why, how I came up with this or how I wrote this, um, I had a health crisis in my early 20s chronic fatigue, brain fog, anxiety, depressive symptoms, all this stuff. Um, tried everything under the sun to fix it. Western, Eastern approaches, uh, traditional doctors, genetic tests, acupuncturists, just everything. Nothing was really helping until I started using a sauna and I had no idea why that was helping so much. And so this book was the obsessive research project to figure out why that was the case and why it was helping so many other people who were in a similar boat to me. Um, and really just wanted to bring that information to as many people as possible to live healthier, disease-free lives. What is the science behind it? Can you explain that? Yeah, so th- there's a ton of benefits specifically for sauna, but for sweating heavily, the main idea is um, there's a massive underappreciation for toxins' impact on our health and the chemical exposure we have from everything from our clothes to the air we breathe to car exhaust to just over the last 60 years, sort of the petrochemical industry has uh, exposed us to a crazy amount of stuff that we don't, that's invisible. So it's not like a visible issue until, you know, your back is against a wall and you notice you're dealing with something. And so I go deep into the science of all the research that's proving that these are largely responsible for many of the health challenges we face, whether, you know, um, energy issues, mood issues, mental health issues, uh, cancer links, diabetes links, just like everything can be traced to these uh, xenobiotics, you call them, but toxins, essentially, that we're exposed to in the environment. And then the, the newer study is showing that sweat is the best way to detoxify these substances. So testing the sweat and seeing that there's substances coming out that aren't coming out in the are invisible in the blood or urine, because the body finally has a chance to get it out. So that's, gotcha. that's kind of the main idea is toxin underappreciation. Sweat is the best way to get it out, and then I go deeper into those ideas. So when I think of sweat, you know, yeah. I think of the Indian culture. Why do you think they were so far ahead of us, like hundreds of years probably, because they've been doing sweat for a long time? Why do you think that they gained uh, traction way before the rest of the world did? So my, my first chapter after the introduction is actually sweat history. So I go into um, all the cultures around the world that have used sweating for um, spiritual, mental, physical purposes. And so the Native mm-hmm. Americans, I go deep into this, the sweat lodges, their history, the purposes they use them for. Sometimes it was like initiation rites. Often it was like community building, um, spiritual reasons, uh, endurance testing, all these different reasons. But the Native Americans weren't isolated. And that was part of my, my mission with the first chapter is showing, you know, the Russians use this. The um, Africans use this. The South Americans use this. 
the Finnish, like every culture in the world has some tradition of sweating. Except for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we came from places that did and the Native Americans had yeah. it on the land, I guess. Um, yeah. So, you know, I do, I do think globally uh, there are, it, it is a more common practice in a lot of other countries in the U.S., but it's starting to mm-hmm. gain steam. And so my argument is really, hopefully by the end of the book, you think use regular sauna use in particular because it's so effective at sweating. But anyway, you can sweat heavily, hot yoga, um, exercise, but really sauna is the best. And I explain why um, is equally, if not like, you know, it, it should be in the same league as going to the gym or like exercise in general. Mm. So someone who doesn't have a sauna or something like that, how can they sweat in the shower? What's the, the uh, mode they can do sweat in the shower? I was going to say Sorry. it's, it's, it's a, the, one of the alternatives. So I go through the alternatives like, okay, um, do you have access to a sauna, public or private? Um, how can you sweat? Do you have access to hot yoga classes? Um, can you run? Uh, Shower isn't really a way of doing it that I've come across. It's more like a hot okay. bath is kind of an option. Um, it's not going to be as effective, but it can, you know, you can keep your chest and above and then keep the water really hot so that you're, you're stimulating a sweat. Um, so that's kind of the at-home option if you don't have um, access to these other tools. I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, yeah. Sweating. Uh, I, I did a hot yoga uh, cycling class with my daughter a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was intense, you know. Cycling is intense on its own. And um, we got done with the class, and uh, man, I couldn't catch my breath. And I was trying to talk to one of the instructors right next to my daughter, and I started coughing. And sometimes when your brain doesn't get oxygen, you pass out. So I like hit the floor right then and there. Pow! And, and my daughter was so embarrassed that her dad passed out at hot oh. yoga cycling that she never let me go back again but, oh, man. Uh, i thought it was invigorating uh once i came <laughs> to of course but uh, yeah it was very interesting but yeah, she, yeah she's never let me forget that and uh you know i love her for it and one day you know i will go back you know because a lot of my friends do hot yoga hot cycling things like that and they love it yeah it's great it's addicting um i'm excited to kind of pair this with the content of your episode and kind of show the overlap because i've heard interesting stories of people going through difficult times and becoming obsessed with sauna or hot yoga specifically um and the sort of rationale behind that but yeah hot yoga is a big one for sure so a guy going through a divorce and Mm. and and he's uh just maybe he's right in the middle and things are getting crazy um gestion of, of sweating basically can maybe can it make you feel better? What's the mechanics behind that? So kind of similar to the um, what you discussed in terms of like the Native Americans and the uses for these tools, right? So um, okay. what happens is the science behind this is a little tricky, but in terms of like trauma or going through difficult times, what can happen with sauna use is it feels like this continual release. And so you're not holding on to negative energy as much. It's allowing it to kind of come out. Um, you get into a little bit of a woo-woo area, which is, you know, mm-hmm. I think part of these rituals from the past. Um, but the experience from people I know who've gone through, you know, business failure or uh, uh, loved one passing or something like that is it's an unbelievable way to not hold on to things, but to keep the energy flowing and to let things out. 
and increase your resilience. So the resilience side is actually kind of proven by science with something called uh, hormesis or hermesis, which mm-hmm. is essentially um, the idea of like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So getting this stress response going in a sauna, uh, it makes you feel more resilient through the rest of your day. And there's a lot of research and science backing that. But essentially, by exposing yourself to the heat and getting through it, almost like a tough workout, and there are ways to make it easier. You can watch a, a movie or a podcast when you're in a sauna. Mm-hmm. Um, hot yoga might be a little more difficult. But the idea being putting yourself through that challenge, quote unquote, um, increases your sense of resilience for the rest of your life. And so it's this incredible kind of reset. And so people I know who do this, and myself included, it feels like almost like an asylum, like a sanctuary. Um, and some brands actually call their sauna a sanctuary uh, to then kind of reset and go back into the world. So it's almost like you go to your special place or your place of solace, basically. It becomes that for a lot of people, for sure. Um, okay. You know, th- there's the individual, and this is an interesting overlap. There's the, there's the individual use of the sauna. And a lot of these cultures, it's actually group settings. So, you know, there's, I forget, someone was doing research on Native Americans and the sweat lodge connection to mental health by being in a group. It's almost like these, um, there's a, a bonding and a sense of safety that emerges and belonging from doing mm-hmm. sauna sessions with other people. Um, and so in Germany, there's something called Alfgus, which is there's literally a sauna leader and 15, like 15 people in a sauna. And he's spinning a, a towel around, moving the hot air. And it's this like intense experience. But it's also, <laughs> yeah, uh, if I make it to Berlin, I'll give it a try. Um, but essentially, it's uh, allowing everyone, it, it creates this deep sense of belonging and connection that I think is largely missing. And I think a big part of divorce and these things is a sense of isolation. So there's mm-hmm. definitely the solo benefits of doing oh, sauna. But it would be interesting to see kind of these group benefits of being in a, in a room together going through this. Let's go through the types of saunas. And, you know, there's all different types of saunas and sweat lodge. And go ahead and go through that for us. Sure. So there's, there's three main types. So there's a steam room, dry sauna, and infrared sauna. And I would recommend no one use a steam room uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is it's a breeding ground for mold. So like mold thrives in dark, moist places. And that's what a steam room is. So, and mold is terrible for your health. Um, it's kind of doing the opposite of what you're going into a sauna for. And then you're also breathing in water vapors. And a lot of that's tap water, which isn't good for you. So avoid steam rooms um, is kind of the typical advice. Dry saunas are going to be great. And infrared saunas are going to be arguably better. So a dry sauna, you're going to feel the heat way more. It's going to be very intense, kind of hitting you. Uh, and you're going to sweat like crazy, which is what you want. And then an infrared sauna, you're, the heat in the environment actually isn't as hot, but you're going to sweat more and deeper. So there's research that it actually detoxifies at a deeper level. Um, but those are the two main ones you want to look for. So dry sauna and an infrared sauna. So what age can you go in the sauna? What's the age limit for, for a sauna? You know you, you know, you don't want to throw a little baby in there, of course. But, you don't. Uh, what do you think uh, what? Good age well, babies, definitely not babies. What's funny is I, I've seen in a lot of sauna groups, um, people's cats love going into the sauna. <laughs> like they'll just like migrate. <laughs> There's so many pictures of people's cats just for some reason they love the heat or like being in that little cozy environment. Um, in terms of age, I'd say probably teenagers. It makes sense. Okay. Um, and then, of course, 
you know, just like going to the gym, you don't throw crazy weights on and expect to be able to do it. You just build your, to- you build your tolerance up, go in for five yeah. minutes, see how you feel 10 minutes, and then work your way up to, you know, 45 minute sessions. Let's talk about the research. What yeah. kind of research has been in, in, in sauna, sauna going or sauna hanging out, things like that? A lot of fascinating research and everyone who's in this space is uh, eager for more. So in terms of uh, I've, you've probably seen a lot on like Instagram and, and TikTok of people saying these studies showing sauna lowering all cause mortality significantly and that the more you do it, the better it is for you. Um, specifically on the sweat side, there's a bunch of interesting studies showing literally like scraping the sweat off of people, testing it and showing these chemicals um, and toxins being in the sweat being removed. I think. One of the fascinating things about the space is uh, these extreme examples that show how impactful these protocols are. So during 9-11, I go into a chapter about 9-11 in my book. Um, first responders, people who happen to be down there, are exposed to toxic fumes like crazy. So breathing in all this the building rubble and all this terrible stuff. And people were, thousands of people uh, were chronically fatigued, couldn't go to work brain fog, tremors, cancers developing, all these issues, everything imaginable. So an extreme example of toxicity, right? Um, they put they put a project together to put initially 500 people through this protocol, which was taking niacin, which um, there's this, I'll explain in a second, exercise, and then sauna use. And all 500 of those people got better, whereas every other healing modality used Western, Eastern um, to help people exposed to this didn't. And so eventually I think 5,000 people went through this protocol and the results were just ridiculous because it got to the root cause, which was getting these toxins out of the fat cells and out of the body. And so I think those extreme examples, also Agent Orange, there's other extreme examples of people being exposed mm-hmm. to toxins using sauna and niacin to, um, to heal. So there's the, there's the, uh, sort of like those subjective case studies. And then there's also like the research showing in the sweat, these substances coming out. And also the research showing that these substances are poisons, essentially. They destroy your mitochondria, which is how your energy is produced in like layman's terms. Um, And then that has downstream effects for every other health outcome. So I'm really trying to hammer those main points home. Um, And a lot of people, more, more and more people are buying into this, which is toxins are a root cause of most diseases and problems. And sweat's the best way to deal with them. And then every metric in your life is going to get better. Your mental health is going to get better. Your physical health is going to get better. You're going to get less sick. All these incredible things are going to come from dealing with the root cause. You were talking about niacin. Mm-hmm. You skipped over that. Yeah, sure. The niacin. Yeah. You left me hanging. <laughs> um, so niacin is a vitamin B that does something really miraculous. So a lot of these chemicals and toxins um, store in the fat cells. They're called lipophilic, so they're fat-loving. So they enter the body, and then zoop, they get pulled right into a fat cell and cause problems. Um, they'll store in there for different half-lives. So some will you know, come out in 24 hours, some of these chemicals. some You've heard of the term forever chemicals. Some will stay in there yep. for 30, 40 years until you die. So you can be exposed when you're my age, and then all of a sudden you're 50, and you're still dealing with these problems, these chemicals. What niacin does is it induces something called um, lipolysis, which opens the fat cells over uh, at the three-hour mark after taking. So you take niacin, 
Um, a lot of people experience a flush, but that actually is unrelated. They get red and they almost look like sunburned. And then three hours later, your body, uh, uh, the fat cells dump the toxins, a lot of them into the bloodstream. And then you time that with the sauna and you sweat it out. And so it's this, it's this um, remarkable process for really detoxing at a, a much deeper level. Because even with a sauna session, your fat cells are still holding a lot of these toxins on. And mm-hmm. so it's like, it's like getting to an even deeper level. And so I believe everyone should be doing the niacin sauna protocol. It's about a 30-day protocol, like once every year, if not more. And uh, again, there's not studies on this um, in terms of like taking 10,000 people through it and tracking them for 30 years. But the argument mm-hmm. is everything you track within that cohort would be better in the same way it was for the 9-11 survivors. Um, and so it's incredibly profound. And, you know, on the, the, the head side, the mental health, the ability to be resilient in life and deal with issues like divorce or things like that, the brain is 60% fat. And so a lot of these chemicals and issues uh, toxins store in the brain. And then this protocol is an amazing way to get it out. And so we've seen uh, IQ increases before and after doing this protocol. People's uh, mm. self-reported emotions uh, and their subjective state of being goes up. And this is what I personally experienced as well, which is why I'm so passionate about it. Because it's, it's, uh, it's this miraculous thing where we have this substance called niacin that's totally safe. It's a vitamin. And you time it with the sauna and you can heal a tremendous amount of things with it. Not medical advice, but you can heal a tremendous amount of things with it. So it's a. Uh, so when powerful. I hear you say that the niacin opens the gate and then the heat pushes the toxins out of the gate, basically. Yeah. 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 The, 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 the fat's been holding on to these toxins. Um, niacin allows them to get released. You better get in a sauna because it's not good to have years of stored toxins circulating around. Um, mm-hmm. An interesting example, like you mentioned, you passed out at hot yoga. It, it might have been this. So the idea is. When you work out extremely hard, you're burning energy and your fat is actually dumping some of these toxins into the system. Mm-hmm. And it can, it can cause lightheadedness. Um, and the argument is that that lightheadedness or that passing out is mm-hmm. actually a Herxheimer reaction because you've dumped a lot of toxins into your system and your body doesn't know how to handle it before it can recapture them because it can't get them out yet. So it could, wow. could be tied to your, your, your incident there. <laughs> I'll be sure to tell my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't your fault. It was the toxin. Yeah. So can you over sweat? Absolutely. I mean, you can, I think you can over drink water. You can over anything. Okay. Um, I think, I think an important thing with health practices is what, what might I be overlooking? So what are some potential problems with this? So if you're sweating a lot, you're also losing minerals, you're sweating out some good stuff too. And so you want to make sure you know how to supplement properly with, um, and you're eating things that are loaded with replacements of these substances you're losing, like electrolytes, or if you're getting beef liver in or things that just have a lot of the, the nutrients that you are also sweating out if you're doing this a lot. So what are some of the main nutrients that get sweat out? You know, I know uh, sodium gets, gets sweat out. So what are some of the other chemicals and elements that get sweat out? Yeah. That so, you have to replace, yeah. Um, a major one is potassium. Um, that gets overlooked a lot. Uh, I think uh, electrolyte packs are really helpful as well, and people have reported benefits from that. I think the, the main thing is not trying to like isolate, like, oh, I'm going to take uh, potassium, but just getting in really nutrient-dense things when you're doing these things, such as beef liver, um, because it has all this bioavailable um, 
the whole spectrum of things where you're kind of covering all mm-hmm. your bases and just replacing versus taking these isolated um, supplements, not really as nature intended. Um, so just making sure you're eating a really well-rounded diet, maybe getting spring water. Um, I've got a bottle right there that has a lot of these trace minerals in it. Okay. Um, bottled glass spring water and that sort of thing. This has been interesting, man. This is way different than what I thought before I started. <laughs> way different. And you made me think of that story, too. Thanks a lot, Justin. I appreciate that. Man, do you have any parting words? Give us some parting words for my listeners, and we'll go from there. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd suggest I, I lay all this out. I'll pull up my book here. Um, if you yep. head to Amazon, Sweat, uh, Uncovering yep. Your Body's Hidden Superpower, Justin Glazer. It's available Kindle, paperback, hardcover, and will be available in audiobook soon. Um, and we'll have that link. At, at the bottom of the show notes perfect yeah short 130 page read i just wanted it to have all the info without overwhelming people and you know i I really everyone who's read it i think gets an even more in-depth understanding of what we've just covered i know there's a lot of pieces to this and it could be overwhelming but it takes someone from not knowing any of this material to really realizing hey i should make sauna use a regular part of my life um, or heavy sweat through hot yoga or, or other practices. Mm-hmm. And here's, I understand now why. Um, and that's, yeah, I just want people to live healthier, more vibrant lives. And I experienced the before and after of that. And I just want to share that with people. Hey, one more good story for you. Um, yeah. So back in the 70s when I was wrestling, because I'm old, uh, okay. we used to wear those uh, plastic sweats, you know, just to make wake. You got uh, one extra pound after Thanksgiving. You got two extra pounds after uh, Christmas. And sometimes the hour before the weigh-in, you did make weight. So put on the plastic sweats, go up and down the uh, stairs, stairwell for four or five hours and sweat. Man, we sweated so much. Hmm. So I'm going to find some plastic sweats (laughs) and get hooked up, man. I'm ready. It was just like a sauna, basically. That's interesting. I haven't heard the plastic sweats thing. The concern is... um, Essentially, plastic contains, I think, close to 10,000 petrochemicals. Toxins. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you're putting so, toxins on and you're sweating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> that's, that's kind of my point, right? It's like, what are the unintended problems that can emerge? Um, I'll just share one yeah. other thing. So just like that, it's like, oh, I'm trying to do the right thing, but maybe it's actually bad for me. The infrared sauna space um, is unregulated. So you can make claims pretty much and, and no one's going to, there's no regulatory agency. And so when you think of, have you ever been in a car, a really hot car, you leave a plastic water bottle and you come back, you try and drink it and it tastes like plastic. Yeah. 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 So to- toxins migrate with heat. And so if you think about an infrared sauna or a sauna in general, it's getting really hot, like a hot box. And then if there are materials in there like glues or bamboo, which is toxic or, or plastics or, or, or anything toxic, that migrates into the air in this hot box with nowhere else to go. And then you're breathing that in. So it's actually the opposite of what you want. And so you want to make sure that you're using a, uh, a infrared sauna that is free of toxic materials. And that is also low EMF, which is this other issue, which is electromagnetic frequencies with specifically mm-hmm. with more with infrared saunas where you're actually radiating yourself in like a cancer box if you're using the wrong ones. So to keep it simple for users, look for clear light or sunstream, not sunlighten, are the two main ones that uh, kind of pass the sniff test uh, for those mm-hmm. two things. Because sunlighten, from what I understand, will make claims. I don't want to you know, 
badmouth anyone, but um, those are kind of the two two good infrared songs. Just for GP, I'm not going to get some plastic sweats, so okay, don't, don't worry. <laughs> I don't want to be <laughs> Every time I use those, I made weight. Every there you go. Time. Yeah. Made weight, right. So it actually worked. All right, Justin, thank you for your time, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, hope some listeners got some, some benefits out of this. I'm going to try some sweating here soon. I'm definitely getting the book. That's what I'm going to do this afternoon or in the okay. we go from there. But uh, we appreciate thank your time. And thanks for hanging out with us. And have a good holiday. Thank Take you. Care.